0: podcast is part of the sports social podcast network
1: you're listening to a weekly podcast made by miami dolphin fans for miami dolphin fans your source for entertaining dolphin news insight and general conversation here's your host michael fink hey everyone this is mike uh the Fans podcast is part of the dolphins Talk.com podcast network All right, it's Monday following another victory, uh, this time against the uh, Indianapolis Colts. I'm here with Louis Ragone.
0: Hey, Dolph fans. Happy happy Monday. Happy Monday.
1: Happy Monday. They went into Indianapolis, Louis, and uh, they stole a win.
0: Yeah, stole a win. I mean, we could put a lot of adjectives on that win yesterday. Stole, uh, yeah, maybe. I think so. Yeah, you could you could add that to the adjectives. <laughs> There's a lot of them.
1: Uh huh. It was a gutsy performance. It was it was a defensive struggle. It was all kinds of things. I enjoyed watching Fitzpatrick, you know, barrel his way into the end zone, and, and thank God he did because without that play, they probably don't win. hmm. You know, we had uh, Nick Needham uh, looking like a player. Uh yes. Who would have thought that in the preseason? You know, and. Uh, uh, you had uh, Parker in the end zone uh, intercepting a pass, which I thought was an incredible play on his part. I'll let you take it. What were your thoughts on the game?
0: Yeah. I mean, defensive struggle. Uh, we knew going in that we were going to be a little shorthanded on the offensive side of the football. And, you know, it proved out that way. Uh, you know, when you lose Preston Williams and then you lose Walton, who is not the greatest back to begin with, now you're back to Balaj and. Um, you know, he didn't do an awful lot yesterday. Um, the offensive line played pretty well for the most part in the first half in regard to pass protection. Uh, the running game was non-existent. They were, it's like beating your head against the wall. I know I talked about it last week uh, during our, our preview podcast for this game that I think they'd just be wasting their time attempting to run the football. And that seemed to be the case all day yesterday. It, it continuously put us in third and long situations and to like you said to your point a minute ago Fitzpatrick just kept coming through and converting third downs and actually converted a nice fourth down play as well over the course of the game um so yeah I mean you know there was a lot to take from it um you know the first quarter we come out fourth four plays into the game Gasicki fumbles and you're thinking here we go it's something that we cannot do and we do it four plays into the game but as you mentioned earlier parker comes back with the great interception in the end zone uh, i thought it was an outstanding play it's you know sticking with a play and not giving up on it uh, the receiver had the ball when they came down he took it he basically took it from him and um you know that's effort mike yep. you know we talk about it and you know that's fighting that's 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 and that's what they do and um you gotta love what this
1: it's fun to watch i mean it's fun to watch them compete
0: absolutely and and that that's a reflection of our coaching staff and the fact that they're drilling in these players minds that hey you're gonna fight on every single play okay maybe the guy's got you beat but maybe you come back and right in the middle of the play and and you you make a play and that's exactly what happened on that so um you know, this is all first quarter stuff. The offensive line's playing pretty well. Uh, we get the ball back, and um, Fitzpatrick's converting over and over again. We had a fourth and three that we converted. You know, we just did it over and over again. Laird comes in, catches a big third and five. Very, very simple game plan, Mike. Um, you know, Very what did, vanilla.
1: Very vanilla. What
0: did Laird do? He basically did a simple out out of the backfield, and we convert. On a third and five, it's something that, and I don't understand why.
1: We've, we've talked about this before. <laughs> we've
0: talked about <laughs> it over and over again. Yeah. It, it just the the play is right there. It's just simple. Take it. Just take it. You don't have to do anything extravagant. Get your running back out there, one on one, and have faith in the fact that he's going to beat him. And lo and behold, it worked all day yesterday. So. You know, the first quarter ends and, you know, we're in pretty good shape. You know, I think we're winning 3-nothing at the end of the first quarter, is that right? Yeah, it was yes. 3 it yes. was 3-nothing at the end of one. And then we go into the second quarter. We drive the football again, converting over and over again. Uh Parker, you know, drops a catchable. I felt What do you think on that I play? Thought the, it was the, catchable. The pass in the end zone to him and, you know, the, and, and this is Listen, Parker's having a good year. He really is. He's been healthy and he's been playing very solidly. But the great ones, and this is the separation, the great ones make that catch in the end zone, and you have a 10 nothing game at that point, and you're thinking, man, we're on a roll here. So he doesn't make the catch in the end zone, and then on fourth down we go for it which what did you think about that decision at that point when it's 3 nothing because we were at the, I believe we were at the 3 or 4 yard line
1: well you know i can look at it either way you know you're on the road uh, you you have the inferior team uh, so why not go for it
0: right and and i think that's the philosophy i mean it's you know the aggressive philosophy has been there all year between fake punts and fake field goals and and onside kicks in the middle of games. Uh, this is a really aggressive and smart coaching staff. You know, they've done things at times where you wouldn't expect the them. The other to thing do.
1: that factors into that is the quarterback on the other side.
0: Yes, exactly. So, you, you know, you're in a situation, they come up with a great play call, and unfortunately, the Colt defensive line gets some penetration. The guy barely tips Fitzpatrick's pass. It, it hangs up in the air a second or two too long, and Gaskins gets tackled short of the goal line. Now, if it's a clean pass, it's, it's a touchdown. And it's a great call. It's a, an aggressive call, but the execution just isn't there. You know, on, on all over the place. The offensive line, again, they allow penetration too quick. The ball gets tipped, and we fall short. So now it's still three nothing because we can't execute on two on two plays that really should have been positive plays. So, right. you know, and this is where the lack of talent, you know, comes into play at times and and it hurts you. But to the coaching staff's credit, and this is the point I'm trying to make, is that they're putting these guys in a position to succeed. They're not they're not playing conservatively because the easiest thing to do would have been to just march Sanders out there and kick the field goal and go up six nothing. But they're trying to win football games they're trying to set set a foundation and trying to set something up to where hey guys we're we're out there to just go full throttle. you know we're not gonna play to lose, which is to me what we've been doing the last few years uh would you agree with that
1: Yes to an extent I don't know if play to lose is fair, but we weren't we weren't gambling much, you know. We weren't uh, gutsy.
0: Exactly, and that—that's—that's the difference. The biggest difference I see in this coaching staff is that they're showing faith in a team that you know most most people. When you look at this team, you wouldn't really show the faith that this coaching coaching staff is showing in these guys, and and that really, really shows on the football field. It has been at least over the past few weeks. Agreed. Agreed. So anyway, um, uh, we'll. Go, we'll get back to the game now. The defense continues to play well. Baker has a blitz right up the middle
1: Boom. and
0: just annihilates the quarterback, uh, but he does it without getting a penalty. Positive. And Nick Needham, you mentioned, is looking good. He's making plays, and uh, Fitzpatrick continues to. To pick up third downs, he hits Walford, who uh, I forgot was even on the team <laughs> on a big third down play. He he moves the ball all over the place, and that's the other thing that you got to love about this guy. You know, he he just gets everybody involved, and it's not. He did target Parker ten times, which he should do over the course of a game, but. He does spread the ball around when need be, and he continually picked up third downs to different guys. I mean, I don't have that exact stat in front of me, but I can guarantee you, Mike, that we had, we had first down completions on third downs to probably six different receivers yesterday, maybe seven.
1: Well, what I have is this. They converted their third, their, uh, third downs 37.5% of the time. Okay. Uh, The Colts were 38.4%, and we had uh, that fourth down conversion, which uh, they did not. Gotcha.
0: So anyway, going forward, Fitzpatrick scrambles for first down on that second quarter drive, and then he scrambles for the touchdown, which I thought was just outstanding. I mean, he he ran the ball in from like 20 yards out. And here's, again, I, I talk about this all the time, 36 year old guy with just he's got that just enthusiasm of a guy, you know, a 20 year old kid coming out of college. You know, he just brings that element to the table. You and, don't know who
1: he reminds me of, and, and some people are going to think I'm crazy, but he uh-huh. reminds me of real Moral.
0: <laughs> really. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's in, that's yeah. that's interesting. That's interesting. Um, he's
1: just, you know, he's not the most talented guy on the field, okay? Exactly. But he's gutsy. And mm-hmm. uh, I remember uh, way back in the day, Earl Morrill, uh taking up a, a snap, and he had nothing there, and he ran for 38 yards. Mm-hmm. And yep. uh, you know they make fun. They made fun of him. They put a rocking chair in his locker. You know stuff like that. But <laughs> you know, so it, it kind of reminds me of that because I mean, look, Fitzpatrick's probably playing over his head the last uh, month. You know, he really is. He's playing pretty well for what he has around him. It's pretty impressive to watch. It, I think.
0: Uh, absolutely, and you know, Mike, I think the coaching staff has a lot of faith in what he's doing they're they're making the game very simple but there's still something you know that comes from a quarterback like him because over the last few years, Tannehill, they put very simple game plans in front of him, or at least that's what it seemed like. And he wasn't able to execute it. So there's a lot to be said. And 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 Tannehill also had more talent around him than what Fitzpatrick is working with right now. You know, we had Stills. Drake was still here at the time. I felt he had more talent to work with and, um, You know, Fitzpatrick is executing at a very high level, and he's doing it with not an awful lot to work with. So, with that being said, you got to put a lot in what the coaching staff is doing for this team as well. They're putting them in a position where they're not asking them to do things that they're not capable of doing. Now, they did pound the football a lot more than what I wanted them to yesterday. I mean, they. Bellloge ran the ball twenty times yesterday, and he did it was like just running into a wall i mean he he got he had a few good runs early in the game, but as the game progressed, it was just nothing there. I think on the first couple of drives, he had his best run of the day, like a seven or eight yard run, then he had a five yard run and a three yard run and you basically take those you know fifteen twenty yards away, and for the rest of the game, you know he had <laughs> I mean, basically 20 yards on 15 carries. He averaged about a yard and a half per carry. So they were, they were just beating a dead horse there um, over the rest of the game, the next three quarters of the game. And it put them in a position where they constantly had to throw the football on second and third down.
1: Well, it wasn't the best offensive game. There's no question about that. But I think it was our best defensive game. And that kind of made up for it.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so we go into the third quarter and defense again is playing pretty well. Uh, the Colts put a few drives together, they kick a few field goals, and they get back into the ball game as our offense is struggling. We had three consecutive three and outs, and you're starting to think, oh, is this going to be one of these games to where we just you know fall on our faces in the second half and you know just not get anything done at all? Uh, the Colts defense made adjustments. They did a really, really good job on just sitting on all our receivers. Uh, they started to figure out that uh, we weren't going to be able to run the football and that they they weren't overly concerned with it. So they're sitting on our receivers. They have everybody up tight because we're not going up top. We're not throwing the ball down the field. And they're slowly getting back into the game. Now to our defense's credit, they came out and uh, they held the Colts up in the red zone. They did a really, really, really good job, and they did this all day long. Vinatieri kicks the two field goals, and now we go into the fourth quarter, and it's a 10-6 game. So you're, you're sitting there, and you're thinking, this game could go either way. And with the way our offense is playing, this is going to be a problem. So the fourth quarter starts, and Fitzpatrick gets picked off he gets pressured a little bit. Uh, he doesn't follow through on the pass. It's a tight window. The ball gets intercepted. And uh, to the, again, to the defense's credit, they come out and they do a phenomenal job once again uh, playing defense after the interception. Uh, we get two field goals in the fourth quarter. Sanders has a phenomenal game. He kicks a 48, two 48 yarders in the fourth quarter. He kicked a 49-yarder earlier in the game. So he has an outstanding game. The nine points.
1: I think it was a 47-yarder. Was it a uh,
0: 47-yarder? I know it was plus 45. And, uh, you know, we had some concerns. I mean, you had asked me that question on one of the podcasts if I was concerned about it. And I think we both agreed that we weren't because he was, you know, he, he had the distance. It wasn't like he was coming up short He just kept pushing them right for the most part, but uh, yesterday he was spot on, and you know that was the difference in the game. I mean, Fitzpatrick's touchdown run was a big, big play, and uh, the three field goals were just as important, if not at you know more important than the uh, than the touchdown. Nine points; those six fourth quarter points were the difference in the football game. So you know, between that and the defense playing really well, especially at the end of the game, Mike. I mean, what did what did you think? About the cold strategy you know in that fourth quarter, and um what
1: just, strategy
0: well, yeah, there wasn't an awful lot I mean to me they they had a ton of time on the clock, and they just kept throwing the ball into the end zone when it seemed like when they were dinking and dunking
1: yeah you would you would think it was it was what third and ten, yeah, I mean it's four down territory, so you'd think maybe they'd throw something in the flat, try and get four or five yards, and uh you know, make it a little easier to to get into the end zone. But they they didn't do that. They just kept throwing uh, tough passes for uh, Hoyer to complete.
0: Right. Uh, They got down to the 16-yard line, Mike, with a minute left. Yeah. I mean, you got a minute on the clock. You could have ran the ball a few times there if, if need if be. If you wanted to. Yeah. Right. So he throws the ball to Ebron on first down. It goes incomplete. On second down, he throws it deep into the end zone to Rodgers, and that falls incomplete. And then on third and 10, he throws to Ebron again, deep down the right side, incomplete right. again. They go right. deep on two consecutive plays and literally, literally took, took 10 seconds off the clock because they throw three incompletions. So now it's a fourth and 10, and you've got 50 seconds on the clock, and now he throws the ball short of 10 yards. (laughs) It's an eight-yard pass, and the ball game's over. So, you know, and again, to the defense's credit, they were around the football. I think on a couple of those passes, they had two or three guys around the football in the secondary as they were throwing the ball deep. So again, the defense in the red zone does the job, as they did all day long, and we come out with a victory. The offense in the second half struggled quite a bit, but they did pick up some big third down plays in that fourth quarter. Um, Fitzpatrick just did it over and over again. On a third and nine, he hit he hit Parker, and that was actually their first first down of the second half. It came in the fourth, early in the fourth quarter. Uh, they can't run the football at all. He hits Jacecki on a third and eight for a first down. And, you know, it, it, again, it was just over and over again over the course of the game, making plays, keeping the defense off the field. So the offense, you know, we figured we're gonna that they were going to struggle yesterday, and they did. They had a total of 229 total net yards, and they gave the ball away twice. Uh, the thing that they did well was... They had three takeaways, and we don't usually win the giveaway takeaway battle. And yesterday we did. We had three interceptions, and they they were key. They were they were key plays. The Colts actually had like 300 total yards of offense yesterday, so they had more offense than we did. And um, you know, Hoyer did not play a great game yesterday, but we do have to give credit to the defense. I felt they played very very solid and. I've been saying this week in and week out Mike the secondary.
1: I thought they were awesome yesterday, quite yeah, honestly. I ab- really did. Absolutely. I mean, consider we didn't have Howard, we didn't have Jones. We had, you know, the only the only normal starter we had back there, you know, was uh, McCain. Yes. And uh I thought all the kids stepped up. They all played well uh from what you could see, you know. Yeah, they gave up some completions. The Colts had, you know, a couple of passes that were longer than 20 yards and you hate to see that but uh by and large they kept the team in the game
0: absolutely over and over again uh, they did an extremely good job i mean mac had 74 yards on 19 carries so he averaged a little bit over a little bit under four yards per carry yesterday they're they're running back and uh you know, he had a few really, really nice runs that, that padded those stats a little bit. Overall, the he, major- they
1: had that one drive that yes. where they were running like crazy, and uh, we couldn't stop them. But uh, aside from that one drive, I thought they pretty much held him in check.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, the majority of his carries were, you know, they were for an average amount of yards. They, they weren't running all over us. And right. with Hoyer in the football game, that was a key. That's right. Because had they had success running the football, or more success, I should say, than what they had, they, they beat us. They would have just kept doing yeah. it. And um, it, it was interesting because you know Frank Reich, the head coach for the Colts, has really done a good job with keeping them in football games. Their record—they're now five and four, I believe. They've lost a couple in a row now. Yeah. Um, You know, obviously Brissett being out hurt him last week. He got hurt uh, early in that game, and then yesterday it hurt him. But what they have done well is they've managed football games extremely well. They've had good philosophies. They pound the football, and, um, you know, they do a really good job of doing that. And I felt that our defense really, really did a good job against an extremely good offensive line yesterday. They didn't get manhandled. At, at any point, you know, I felt Mike when we talked on the podcast last week. I felt that even though we have a lot of injuries in the secondary, that we would match up well against them in the secondary. Where my concern was was, was the tight, tight ends, ends yeah. and the, and the running backs out of the backfield and them possibly running the football on us. Now Max is a really good running back, like I said last week, but he's not an elite guy, and you know, and he did he did a decent job yesterday running the football, but. I felt that our defense was up to the task, and uh, they did a really, really good job overall.
1: Yeah, I thought so. I mean, I, I enjoyed the game. I enjoyed the effort. That's really what stood out to me, especially on defense. Not that they weren't trying on offense, but on defense, it was really, really noticeable. I mean, you saw guys running from play start to play end, you know? Hustle, yeah. Yes, hustle, effort, just effort, second effort, third effort, whatever it took, they were there. They were around the football consistently, uh, so it was it was a fun game to watch from that aspect. You know, they won ugly, and there's no doubt about that, but they they won with fundamental football, so uh, that's something that I think was a little bit surprising for most people watching the game, you know
0: yep, I think I think every single week when they throw that defense out there. And you're looking around at the names that are on the field and the guys that are actually being productive, guys like Needham, guys like Beagle. Beagle's, yes. you know, we didn't talk about him yet. He's played extremely well. I mean, we expected it from Baker, and Baker seemed to have had a pretty decent game yesterday in some aspects. Um, I don't know who was responsible for the tight ends, but we, we've been struggling with that all year. And, you know, well,
1: that's uh, always going to happen because it's generally a mismatch.
0: Yep. So, you know, with that being said, you look in the secondary and and you're looking at names that we none of us are really familiar with. Uh but they're making plays. Parker, you know, Needham. We we talked about both of those guys already. They're doing a great job and um it's a reflection of what the coaching staff is is doing in practice. They they're preparing these guys. The one thing Mike that's been a consistent now for a while on this team is that they are prepared to play football. They are. They're not going out there under Philbin under under that that clown up in New York. You know, they they always seemed like they were not prepared to play football games. They're like what are they doing? Penalties. Uh, That's another thing. Yesterday again, Mike, how many offensive line penalties did we have over the course of the game?
1: Not many. No, not many at all. I think we had, what, I, I don't remember exactly what was like five penalties all game, I think, at the most. Exactly.
0: And we, I think, are the second least penalized team in the league. I think we still hold that distinction. And the thing is this, is that when you have guys just rotating in and out of the lineup due to injury or whatever being replaced it really goes a long way in you know you just have to appreciate what what the coaching staff's doing even more I mean I can't say enough about them because the discipline is there guys seem to be in position the team's always prepared to play a football game they don't look like they're going out there and they don't know what the hell is going on and they're not they're they're not
1: getting penalized.
0: They're playing clean, crisp football games, and that again is a reflection of the coaching. Staff. I think the
1: last two weeks tell you they're not beating themselves. You know, they're they're making the other team have to beat them, and uh, the Colts couldn't do it, and the Jets couldn't do it.
0: Exactly, and and I'll tell you what, Mike. You know, they're, they're, there's more talent on those two teams than what we have. So exactly. Where do, you, where do you go from there? When, when you're beating teams that have more talent than you do, where do you go? Where are you putting the finger on why we're winning these football games?
1: There's no question in my mind why we're winning. It's coaching. And it's exactly. Effort and it's all the things you want your coach to instill in your team. Absolutely. Uh, Disciplined, you know, being relentless and then not, you know, not giving up on a play. You know, they're doing it because they're doing it. They are working at it. They are busting butt, you know. And uh, look, we have not seen that in a while, uh, you know, so... (laughs) We have not seen a team battle for 60 minutes in quite a while, and I don't care what coach we're talking about. You know, we could talk about Gase, we could talk about Philbin, we can go as far back as uh, Sperano and Sabin, you know. We have not had a team that battles for 60 minutes, especially when they get down and uh, bad things start happening, you know, like the interception early in the game, or, you know, they get down on the road and the game's over. Right. <laughs> you know? But this team keeps battling, and uh, I like it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, we, we've seen it. They've had opportunities. I mean, you start off the year 0-7, so... If you look at the team as a whole and what they're doing and the effort involved, it's 110% a reflection on the coaching staff and what they're instilling in these football players. Because, Mike, we've got, what, seven games left in this season? We do. And in the majority of those games, there's going to be a lot more talent on the opposite side of the football field.
1: Let's, Let's do this for a second. The Bills are more talented. We play them at home. Yep. Uh, then we go to Cleveland. I don't think there's any doubt they're more talented. And whether or not they're going to play better than us, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh, Philadelphia is a, a talented team. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we go to New York. And then when we go to the Giants, now you can argue whether or not the Jets are more talented because we, we beat them, but I do think they are.
0: I would, I would agree with you. I mean, I talk, we talked about it when we previewed them. They yeah. have when you have Le'Veon Bell and and you have some guys on defense over there. Yes, they have they have players, they have star players on that team. And you look around our our team, I don't, I don't, see, I don't see a star player. So, yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. And I'm sorry.
1: You got the Giants, uh, which I do think is more talented than we are. You have Cincinnati, and I really can't speak to Cincinnati. I mean Uh, because I don't know who's actually healthy and not healthy, and uh, uh, I don't know a lot about them right now.
0: I would say we're on par with them. We may even be a little bit better than them at this point. Uh, But I think – and what do we have left after that, Mike, before I finish, Mike? Just the
1: the Patriots. And And then the Patriots, right,
0: which makes sense. So as you look at the last seven games of this season, every week – with the exception of maybe the Bengals, we're going to be playing teams that have a little bit more talent than us. I think we play the Giants and Jets. We play them both up in New York. Right, back to back, yep. Right. So, you know, you're going to be on the road. Those teams both – I mean, the Giants have Barkley. I mean, they have some players over Uh there. Ingram's a very good tight end. Um you know, the separation in talent isn't as large as, you know, maybe when we play the Patriots or the Browns or some of those teams. But the point is, is that they're competing. They're not getting blown out. You know, as the season started and we watched that Baltimore game, we were like, oh my God, are we going to see this week in and week out as the season progresses? And then, you know,
1: considering where we were, Okay, with all those guys signed to the roster right before that game and uh, everything else, mm-hmm. it kind of paints a perspective on that game now that we didn't really have then. Because look at what they've been doing, Baltimore. Uh, they beat the Patriots. Yep. Right? They they won what forty nine to, to something yesterday. Yes. Uh, so you know they're they're a good team, and uh, very that, good. That, team. that quarterback has given people fits.
0: Absolutely. And we were all over the place at that point. I mean, I you know, as that see as the season started this year, Mike, there was so many question marks. There was the trades and and guys unhappy and of just, course. There, there, it, it was all over the place. But as the season has progressed, you've seen that now that they have some some guys settling, estab- in, settling right. in and established and what they're supposed to be doing, they're getting it. And it's showing on the football field and the scores are showing that now, you know, on the offensive side of the football (laughs) with, with what they're working with across the offensive line, Mike, they've done a pretty, pretty adequate job of late. I mean, in my opinion, I mean, Fitzpatrick, how many times did he get sacked yesterday? I mean, it wasn't like you know we're we're getting sacked six, seven, eight times every time. Right, out, and, you and know, he's and, pretty
1: adept at getting rid of the ball. He helps them look better than they probably are.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Which is what he should do. Any good right. quarterback should do that. But but I think that they've done a decent enough job, Mike, to where we have to give them a little bit of credit as well. Because. A little bit you know, a little bit, a little
1: bit. <laughs> just a little bit. We I mean, get- you know, I watched Jesse Davis get destroyed a few times yesterday and right. you know, it, it, you watch them and you say, well, how are they doing this? Cause, Cause they don't look all that good, you know? Exactly. I mean, obviously they're, they're going to need to upgrade a few spots in that line. And I think that's pretty evident, but we did have Kilgore back yesterday. And that, that helped, uh, settle the inside a little bit, I think. Because we didn't see a lot of pressure up the middle, you know, that quick pressure through the A-gaps that that, uh, we had been seeing a little bit. Hey, guys, I wanted to break in here real quick just to ask a favor of you. On the app that you're listening on, uh, if you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to the podcast. Hit like, leave a a comment on your thoughts of the show. And uh, if you didn't know, we do do run a Facebook group. Uh, It's Miami Dolphins number one. That's hashtag one. We talk uh, Dolphins football 24-7, 365. We'd love to have you join us and share your thoughts. And uh, once again, we want to thank you for listening. Uh, Let's make it a habit. We'll see you next week.
0: Yeah, I I think that Kilgore being back is a positive. And um, going forward, if they can establish five guys across that offensive line that are going to be your starters week in and week out, we're going to see a much better offensive line as a whole. So, you know, we'll, we'll see as the, as the season unfolds. It's Hopefully. going to be a
1: year-long project, I think. Because I agree. You, you always have injuries. And you always have guys who are just not getting it done. And, you know, you throw somebody else in. And I just don't think that's going to stop.
0: I would love to see the same five guys out there week in and week out. I know we have a couple of people coming back. I know there's a tackle coming back, I believe, next week that's finally mm-hmm. healthy that was on um IR all year.
1: Yep, and I don't think we lost anybody yesterday, you know, to injury. So, you know, it's it's possible we'll see them in the same line next week.
0: Yeah, that, that'd be nice, wouldn't it?
1: Well, I'll tell you after the game. <laughs> you know, the good, the
0: good thing is, we Mike, you just mentioned, you know, we came out of this game, and as far as I know – I don't think we had any injuries whatsoever.
1: The only injury that I saw, well besides uh, to Fitzpatrick's uh, mood, mm-hmm. was uh Baker, you know, with his uh calf, I guess. I think maybe he got a cramp or whatever it was, but uh <laughs> but uh he was all right, you know, he spent I think maybe two plays off uh in the blue tent and came out and was fine.
0: Yeah, he 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 came out a few times I think over the course of the game and and, you know, that whole, that whole Fitzpatrick situation, Mike, let me just touch on that if, if, if I could for a minute. Um, you've got these guys, and I get it. They're protecting them. They're attempting to protect them. You're supposed so, to
1: protect them in the moment.
0: Exactly. So he, here it is. Fitzpatrick gets nailed pretty good. I mean, he gets whacked, and there's no penalty. There should have been a penalty on the play. No mistake question number about, one. Right. The referee's watching the play. Mistake number one. Mistake number two the Colts get the football. They turn it over to us. There's been a change of possession. The Dolphins intercept the Colts. There's been another change of possession. Fitzpatrick comes out on the field and they inform him that he has to go through the concussion protocol. Now, where is this joker? If they're watching every play like they should be, if they're attempting to protect these players the way they're, the way they're supposed to. Now, here's, here's what my thoughts are on the thing, Mike. The TV shows the replay when they come back from one of the commercials. And the Joker that's up there is watching the same thing and saying, oh, wait a minute, maybe we should get him checked out but they wait until the dolphins come back on the field and the dolphins of course are hurt by this because they throw Rosen in the a middle of a game that he's not ready for i mean he totally, didn't even totally
1: have, cold right totally cold he didn't even have
0: time to to throw a few warm up passes right. usually when you see a guy and we've watched this over the years numerous times when a guy's on the ground your quarterback's on the ground you see the quarterback on the sideline throwing warm-up passes. Rosen gets thrown into this game <laughs> on the spur of the moment. I don't think he threw any warm-up passes or no, anything. He so he goes out there. They hand the ball off three times. Right after we had a big interception, at a point where we where we really could have put the game away with a touchdown. So they take a guy off the field that's been on the field for three quarters Five minutes after the, maybe even longer after the play that he supposedly got hurt on had happened, and it, it, it's just crazy. It's an, it's another situation where the NFL just can't get it right. I mean, if you've got a guy that's up in the booth, this this so-called clown that's watching the football games and trying to protect these guys. He should be looking at every single play and saying, hey, you know, that has to be getting checked out. There was more than enough time had they done that immediately when the Dolphins came off the field. Fitzpatrick could have went into the tent, could have had the test done, and by the the time the Dolphins got the ball back on the interception, he would have been able to walk out there and play football. And you can't do this because suppose it's a crucial game somewhere down the line. I mean, this is a lesson learned for the NFL. Because suppose Aaron Rodgers or somebody in a key game at the end of the season, say they're playing the Vikings for the first place, you know, for the division and home field advantage in the playoffs, and they pull some stunt like this in the middle of a game. And this was in the fourth quarter, mind you. I mean, it's ridiculous. They have to... Put something in place to where it has to be done immediately. I mean, Fitzpatrick's ready to take a snap. Well, it's he, it's
1: supposed to be done immediately. The question is, why wasn't it? And exactly. I don't, you know, I don't think we can answer that. But you know, they obvious they obviously botched it.
0: I gave you my thought on it, Mike, because when they came back from the commercial, that's when they showed the replay, and the announcers that you know that were televising the game made a comment to it that, "Wow, this really should have been a penalty." you know plain and simple and i think that this joker up in the booth was watching the tv telecast and said oh crap maybe i should, <laughs> i should have him tested right now and he called down to the field and that's how it developed
1: because there's no other Right. No, I get that. But what my point is, I don't know how it's supposed to work. Yes. But there, there is enough medical people on the sidelines that you would think that one of them saw him get hit in the head. It was pretty obvious to see.
0: Right. I mean, the speed of the game, maybe they missed it. You know, Fitzpatrick ran off the field like nothing happened. So maybe they were thinking, OK, he's fine. But I, yeah, we don't know what the proper... Uh, protocol is in regard or how it's handled by the NFL. We don't know. And I mean, I would hope that Flores is bringing it to their attention, say, hey, listen, I don't want to be in this situation ever again. This is ridiculous. Uh, you know, it has to happen immediately. He has to come off the field, let him get done, and and the whole situation was.
1: Uh, and if just, you're if you're going to do that because a mistake was made, you should at least give the backup quarterback three or four seconds to warm up.
0: Uh, agreed, exactly. Three or four minutes usually. If a pitcher gets hurt in Major League Baseball. Mike, he has as much time as he needs to warm up as a pitcher. He right. comes out on the field, and if he says, "Hey, I need thirty pitches to warm up," then that's what he gets, and the game is held up at that point. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, they're they're not worried about Rosen's safety, right? That hey, this guy, you know, right. <laughs> he throws one pass and boom, he throws his his, his shoulder out. out and it's right. like, well, sorry, Josh, your career may be ended, but you know, we we have to we have to get the game rolling along because you know we we've got a a seven thirty game that people are going to watch tonight, or an 8.30 game, 8.20, whatever time that Sunday night football game starts up. So the
1: the point- league likes to celebrate they're 100 years old. Well, they've had 100 years to get these things right, <laughs> and <laughs> I guess maybe it'll take another 100. I
0: have no idea. It's just, you know, it, it just... As you watch this week in and week out, and they implement all these different things, it's like if you're going to implement something, then then damn it, get it, get it, get every situation in place. Have a guy that's watching every single play and scrutinizing every single play, much like they're doing. I mean, the pass interference calls yesterday, uh, in in not only our game but other games. You just can't figure out what the heck is going on out there. It's not no going
1: to we, we keep saying we're not going to stop talking about the officials because every week something else happens. It's just, <laughs> you know, if you're
0: implementing something like this to where they have to go through this, uh, you know, this concussion protocol, then then damn it, have, have a system in place to where there is a guy that's monitoring this and it has to happen immediately. Because think about it, Mike, they're putting Fitzpatrick in a situation to where he may be out there playing with a concussion. So if you truly are are interested in that, then have this thing implemented. Because say say he completed that pass, Mike, right? And he's yeah. He continues to stay on the field over and over and over again, you know under concussion right. symptoms or whatever the case may be because i mean wrong. it's uh-huh. been it's 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 just it, it just didn't make any sense to me and and it's it's another you know it's just another bad bad thing that the n f l is doing out there they just can't get it right, it just frustrates you as a fan, it really does, but anyway,
1: you know what else frustrates me as a fan
0: yes, well go ahead, no I don't oh but well,
1: you do I think. Okay. Other, fan, other fans, other fan, fans, fa- fans that cheer for their team to lose and get upset when they win. <laughs> Guys, you've got it backwards, right? <laughs> you I, know,
0: yeah. Uh, and you're 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 talking about stuff that's going on. I'm sure on the. Um, The Facebook page? Yeah, I mean, a lot of guys
1: guys were upset because, you know, the team ruined their their tanking. Well, the team is not tanking. We've been saying it all season. Uh, The front office didn't put them in a position to win, but the team is not tanking. There's a difference.
0: Absolutely. And
1: uh, the coaches and the players are going out there every week to try and win. If you can't cope with that, then don't watch the Dolphins for the rest of the year. Make sure you tune in for the draft. (laughs) And then don't watch them next year because they're going to do it again. (laughs)
0: Well, here's the thing, Mike. You, You have Dan Marino and Stephen Ross in the crowd. You saw the pictures on yes. TV yesterday. Yes, And he's on the sideline at the end of the game. Now, I, you know, th- this guy was ecstatic over the fact that they won that football game yesterday, or at least he seemed that way. Yes. Listen, I don't think he's that great an actor because as I'm watching him, he's got a big <laughs> smile on his face, and he's walking up and down the sideline. So, uh, you know, in regard to any – in any way, shape, or form, I think this is basically – the the strategy that they've put into place, how they were going to approach the rebuild, and it's as simple as that. There's there's no tanking involved. Anybody who is interested in, like you said, uh, seeing this team at a certain point uh, be be productive, you know, maybe they they do have to take a break from the team for the next couple of years, Mike, because it, I mean, I, I shouldn't say productive, but winning football games week in and week out, I th- playing to win. Playing the, well, they're, they're playing the win right now, but they just don't have the talent level that these other teams do. But the efforts there, the coaching's there. The, the, you know, this regime and this organization right now is going in a direction. And if you're not smart enough to understand that, then go away until, you know, we have the quarterback that you want and maybe some of the other star players that you want because like you said a minute ago it's it we're not going anywhere fast i mean it doesn't it doesn't happen overnight we're going to get there and we may get there as soon as next year i mean you know if you watch these games week in and week out the Colts have a winning record mike and they and we've played against backup quarterbacks and teams win football games week in and week out with backup quarterbacks bridgewater did it He won what? How many games in a row when Breeze went out? So, you know, the backup quarterback situation, yes, that's one thing. But you know what? There's not a lot of separation between us and a lot of the teams in the AFC. We're going to make up ground pretty quickly, a lot faster than what I think people believe. So just be patient.
1: Oh, yeah, I hear people saying it's going to take five years. Then oh, not, come not, on. No, it's not, not, unless they make a lot of mistakes along the way.
0: It, it, you know, right, if if we have a horrible draft this year, then they might be right. It, it'll it set us back another four or five years. There's no question about it. But over the next two years, if we have decent drafts, this team is going to be loaded. Uh, it, it, once this coaching regime has talent to work with, then We're going to be an extremely good team. And I'm telling you, we've got seven more games this year. And once they add some talent next year, this team is going to be very, very good. Very, very good. One
1: of the the things that New England is really good at is scouring the waiver wire and finding players that other teams discard and getting production out of them. Right. And you see us trying the same thing. They did it with... uh, uh, Taco Charlton. Um, yeah. They made you know the a, a Alonzo trade, and they brought back Beagle, who I'm sure was just a throw in, and mm-hmm. uh, he's he's productive.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They're showing that they can get some of these bottom-tier players uh, to be productive. And, and obviously, Charlton was a first-round pick, but you know Dallas gave up on him. So you know you can classify him how you want to classify him, but uh, Dallas is not in the habit of, of sending away good football players. You know, they took these guys, and, and certainly there's others. I mean, you can look at our secondary, there's a whole bunch of them, uh, you know, that other teams let go, and then they're getting production out of them. So, you know, there's a lot of ways to build a football team. It's not just the draft. Draft. There's trades, there's uh, free agency, there's uh, scouring the waiver wire like we've been doing, and uh, you know they're going to use all of these methods. So you know everybody's thinking that you have to have you know one of the top two picks in the draft, and no, you really don't. Uh, you know, <laughs> look at the teams that win. you most of them don't have the top pick or the second pick in the draft. They they put together a roster methodically. And they put out a product that is better than their opponents. And that's, you know, it, it's all about roster building. It's not about having the top pick in the draft. Yeah, that's not a requirement.
0: It's not. And, and a lot of the times, Mike, there's a lot of pressure.
1: Yeah, somebody said the last top pick to win a Super Bowl was Eli Manning. I don't know how true that is because I didn't look it up. But, you know, that, that speaks volumes right there.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, think about the pressure involved with that number one pick, especially with our organization. Okay, now there's going to be a lot of pressure on us one way or another. But the fact that we have three first round picks next year kind of eases that pain. But if you have that very first pick in the draft next year, if you have it, Wow, there's a lot of pressure to where you have you got to
1: pick the right guy. You
0: yeah. better pick the right guy. And, you know, maybe it's a blessing in disguise for us to not have that first pick because that puts the burden on another team. And, you know, me and you talked a little bit about this yesterday. I personally, as we look at the schedules down the stretch over the, you know, the second half of this season, I think there's going to be at least, two to three teams that draft in front of us. So, you know, I don't want anybody to be disappointed in that, but it's just looking at it realistically, I think, you know, we're going to we're going to fall behind maybe Cincinnati and probably Washington in the draft and maybe another team or two. So, we have to make the best of what we've got. And, uh, well, that's
1: wh- why they accumulated all these picks, Lewis. So if Absolutely. they are in that situation, they can make a deal. They can offer a one this year and a one next year to move up. Absolutely. Uh, they can offer a second-round pick. You know, they've got plenty of picks, so they can make a nice package to move up a couple of spots and get the second-best quarterback or whoever it is that they want to target.
0: Absolutely. I mean, you know, there, there's there's a ton of options going forward. There's there's the money situation. And, you know, Mike, we got to also – touch on how many guys are on this roster that were late draft picks and free agent pickups in the draft this year. I mean, look at the roster. Needham was a free agent and look at the way he's playing. He was a free agent pickup after the draft, as well as Preston Williams. And I believe Laird as well. And they're all on our roster and they're all playing. Correct? Correct. You know, Gaskins was a seventh round pick and he's on the roster right now. So, they're, like to your point, Mike, there's a lot of avenues you can go down to put a team together. You know what we have to what we have to get, and I've stressed this over and over again is we have to get playmakers on both sides of the football. We have very, very solid players. We have a lot of solid players that are developing as this season progresses.
1: I don't know if we have a lot, though.
0: Well, <laughs> Mike, you know, look, look, look on both sides of the football, and all of a sudden you're starting to see pieces to the puzzle.
1: We have to wait till the season concludes, really, to, to analyze the roster in a fair way.
0: Well, absolutely, but halfway point, Mike. Uh, you know there are guys that that are developing into that. I mean, I see I see a handful on both sides of the football right now. A
1: handful and, is, a fair, is a fair number. Yeah,
0: I mean, you know, on on either side of the football, there's a few guys in the secondary that that are that are making somewhat of a splash. You know, our linebacking crew. You know, they're, they're playing much better. The defensive line still, you know, needs some help. But, uh, you know, across the offensive line, there may be a guy or two there. And, um, you know, obviously, Preston Williams and Gusecki, 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 (laughs) Gusecki, you know, he he seems to be a guy that's going to be around. So, you know, again... We'll we'll see, you know, because we have seven more games. But but I like the direction that we're going in, and you're seeing you're seeing some decent football players and some decent play out of those football players up to this point. And hopefully they get even better. You know they they can do nothing but go up from here. Hopefully, because uh, you know, again, they're they're doing a very very solid job, and and the games, you know, as you're watching them, you know, you're seeing it. You know, it's not a lot of talk. You know, you have to. Yeah, you know actions speak louder than words and you know the coaches can sit there and talk about talk a guy up and and this and that and all this other stuff but as you're watching it as a fan you're seeing guys playing very well and that's that, that's
1: all you can ask for so the coaches talking guys up is part of their process
0: i i get that but i'm talking about as a fan mike you know right. i, I, no, I no, no,
1: no. I'm, I'm saying on the football field they are talking these guys up because they want to give them confidence absolutely, and that's what you do with these players who are borderline you give them a little bit of confidence and you put them in position to win, and all of a sudden you're developing a football player
0: exactly absolutely I mean, I understand that I'm talking about you know we're talking about from a fan's point of view you know, and from a fan watching these games, you know we've We've read over and over again during preseason how great this guy is, how great that guy is. And we've heard about Gasicki over and over again over the course of these last couple of years. You know, what a great athlete he is. Well, we're starting to see a little bit of that. You know, over these last few games, you know, he did have the fumble, but he had a couple of big catches on third downs this past week, you know, and
1: you talk him up every show, but I'm waiting for that touchdown, damn
0: it. Yeah, well, you know, I'm waiting for the (laughs) 100 yards, you know, from out of uh, Devontae Parker, too. I mean, he's talked about and this and that. And, you know, his stat line is basically the same week in and week out. You know, it's 50, you know, it's five catches, 10 targets,
1: five catches. Yep.
0: Right. Yeah. 10 targets, five catches. Uh, That's, you know, you're hitting on 50% on balls thrown to your top receiver. Uh, That leaves something to be desired. You know, he had an opportunity in the end zone to make a catch and didn't do it. And, you know, again, you know, we we have to see as the, the rest of the season develops, Mike, to your point. A few minutes ago but as of right now you know we've got to be happy with with how some of these guys are playing i mean i'll tell you what i was expecting a lot worse
1: and and it's been after those first two games i think everybody was expecting a lot worse
0: exactly but but even you know i didn't think it was going to be that bad but at the same token i didn't think they were going to be playing as competitive as they as they are right now either
1: um well enjoy it lewis yeah, we'll see. And that's what everybody should be doing. I mean, you're you're finally seeing a coaching staff that is getting the team to play football. Mm-hmm. They're not quitting. They're going all out. And that's all you can ask for from your coaching staff.
0: Absolutely.
1: Um, so the rest is up to Greer. He's got to get him more talent. And uh, that's his job. So, you know, everybody is impatient. You know, they want the team to lose so they can get the best athlete in the country. And I understand all that. But that's not the end all be all to winning.
0: Not uh, at all. You have 14 picks next year, Mike. Uh, honestly, that that very first pick may not even be the most important one going forward. I mean, you could get a guy in the third round that becomes. I mean, look like at Brady. Jason Taylor. Look at Brady. Brady's a yeah. perfect example of that. I mean, look at what he has done.
1: Yeah, but he's the exception. You, you don't find too many six-round quarterbacks that do anything near what he has done. You don't, but. But But again, your point is valid. I mean, you know, uh, Russell Wilson, I believe was a fourth round pick. You know, they're out there.
0: They're out there. We're, we're, you know, listen, they're all over the NFL. As you go from roster to roster and you see guys that are being productive, Mike, they're out there. and Where, where, where was
1: Mahomes drafted?
0: Uh, Mahomes was, I believe, drafted in the first round, Mike. Yeah, but it was late in the first
1: round. I believe, it was.
0: Right? Teams passed him yeah. up. But, you know, and, and exactly. I mean, you had a bunch of teams passing him up that are looking at this now and saying, my God, including us. You yes. know, so, you know, again, your very first pick in this first round next year may not – he may not wind up being – your best player on the football field going forward. He may be a very solid player and a guy that contributes, but you just don't know where it's all going to unfold. The positive is, is we have 14 picks that are going to come in next year, and they're going to they're bring up that competition level for positions. They're going to make the guys that are here already better. It's going to be nice. You're going to have depth at certain positions. It's going to it's going to help a lot as long as they do a solid
1: job. I always the say rampant. the best 53 win. Yes, exactly. And Absolutely. people have to understand that. They're looking at the top one or two, and you got to look at the entire roster. So, you know, that's where it's at, guys. You know, they got to put the best team together in order to be successful. Not, not the best first-round pick or or second pick or third pick, they've got to have a team, and they're going to do that. I believe it. So be patient, watch it come together, and uh, enjoy the process, guys. This is this is what we have right now, okay? We, you know, we've got a two-win team, and all you can do is just enjoy the process. And uh, that's how I look at it, and I think, Lou, that's how you look at it, and I know that's how Jim looks at it. And that's all you can do. I mean, you know, we're not going to go out there and make them win a Super Bowl this year, or we're not going to go out there and make them lose this year. They're going to do whatever they're going to do.
0: Right. I mean, what purpose does losing serve? Honestly, I mean, okay, so you have the top pick in the draft next year. There's no guarantee on on, on right. whoever picks first, you know, how that how that player is going to develop or if he's even the best quarterback or whatever the case may Wasn't be. Wasn't
1: Jamarcus mean, Russell a uh, first-round pick? Of course right? he was. Andre Ware was
0: yeah. – uh, well, not the very first pick, but all those guys were very, very early first-round picks. And uh, look, look at um, Robert Griffin. Yeah. you know and what happened to him after one season uh Michael Vick uh, all of these guys who you know who were early early picks and were you know the next great thing they've come and gone extremely quickly Vince Young's another example yeah. uh you know there's no guarantee on these guys so let's not get caught up in in the fact that we're winning football games and losing position in the it's draft silly. next year it's, it's silly It's just silly. It's it's really silly. I mean, you're supposed to have fun watching football. It's not supposed to be a situation (laughs) where you're you're arguing with your fellow Dolphin fans after winning a football game. I mean, come on. I mean, Mike, yesterday was one of the more solid wins that we've had over the last couple of years. I mean, how many games? How many many wins have we
1: had over the past couple of years? You know, nine? Right. (laughs) And, and,
0: And the point is, is that... Last year, even when we were winning football games, when you looked at the numbers at the at the end of the game, you're like, "How in the hell did we win this game? third down conversions we you know we we, we convert we converted on fifteen percent of them, and somehow we win a football game. Our defense was giving up five hundred yards every week in total offense to the opposing teams and and somehow we were still pulling games out now. That's fine and dandy. You're winning with smoke and mirrors, but as you look at this team and how they're how they're playing, they're not they're not getting penalized, they're not making an awful lot of mistakes. And, uh, like we you know, said, and they're not beating themselves. They're not beating themselves. It, it's a better brand of football. And anybody who thinks differently, fine. Go watch Tannehill out in Tennessee or go watch uh, Tunsell out in Houston or whatever the case may be if that's what you want. Right now, this is the team we have and accept it and, and and enjoy You know the fact that we've won two games in a row in a season that we weren't expecting to win any in a few weeks ago.
1: That's right, Lewis. All right, so – right. We're going to be back on Wednesday. Uh, we'll have uh, Jim Johnson back with us, and we'll preview the Bills game, probably talk a little bit more about roster construction. <laughs> and
0: uh, <laughs> and about disgruntled fans yeah, so, after a win.
1: <laughs> and, you know, listen, we're having a good time, guys, and there's nothing that the Dolphins are going to do to stop that. You know, we are having a good time. So,
0: Absolutely.
1: Anyway, with that said, uh, Thanks for joining me, Lewis. And uh, everybody, thanks for listening. And uh, we'll see you on Wednesday. Fins did, up. Well, no, hold on a second now. Didn't we say we're going to do Thursday this week? Yeah, we are. We're going to do we Thursday. We did. Man. So you're going to see us Thursday. For, for, forget I said Wednesday because it's going to be Thursday. Have a good week, everybody.
0: Fins up, Doll
1: fans. All right, so that's our show for this week. I just want to remind everyone that the FinFans podcast is part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network.